When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Rose Ed. After a week that's seen more matches cancelled than the last time I logged onto a dating app, there's still been some time for some thrilling football. That's another joke that's gone well. <laughs> thrilling football <laughs> as Conte makes Klopp crabby. Plucky underdog City march relentlessly on and the League Cup serves up a pre-Christmas feast, the likes of which haven't been seen since Christmas Day 2009 when I ate a kilo of pistachios before dinner and spent the next hour dropping some presents down the chimney of my own. If you know what I mean. <laughs> so good, I told it twice. <laughs> wow, the, the, the level of banter this morning's uh, unbelievable, Joe. <laughs> How long did it take you to write the intro? Oh. I'm only joking, it's really oh. good. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, right, I am here with Mike and Hannah. Um, you're right, Hannah? I am, thank you. Yes, I'm recovered now from uh, Rosedmus. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Did we have a nice time? Good. I had a nice we time. Did, yeah, we did. But obviously Mike left us early to go to the uh, Arsenal game. Uh, we, do you remember yeah. we actually, Mike, we said uh, at one point, um, you texted and said, are you guys still out? And we were like, yeah, yeah, we're at a strip club. Yeah. And you were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, can you imagine if we gave you the address of like a random awful strip club in London? You were like, I'll come and meet you after. Can you imagine if we did that to you and we weren't even there? Well, I knew he would believe that because the reality is Rose Edmus, the, the Rose Ed Christmas party ended at half eight at night. It did. <laughs> so, yeah, it did. It did go yeah. on for a long time, to be fair. It's, we, started at, we started in the studio at 11am. Yeah. It, it was, was good. I enjoyed it. It was, it was lovely, really wasn't it? Have you been wearing your t-shirt, Mike? Um, I I have no, I haven't because that would be slightly weird if I wore a picture with uh, Hannah's face on it at home. But um, my mum did see it and got an almighty shock. She was like, "Is that Hannah from from the podcast? She looks different there." Because it's, I'll, I'll be honest, Joe, you've not really like you've not really painted her in the best yeah. light, Hannah, with with that photo. So uh, yeah, um, Helen was a bit shocked. Hannah, what did um? What did Andy East think when you got home with a T-shirt with a picture of Mike on? Well, Andy doesn't really ask me about anything, like any of this kind of stuff, because he's never surprised. <laughs> so he came home from work yesterday and I had a wig on and he was like, 
what are you doing? And I was actually doing a recording and impression of Nicola Sturgeon, but um, I actually looked like Gail Platt. Um, And he he was just like, what are you doing? He's like, are we going to go and get the kids? And I was like, yeah, yeah, just two seconds. And then obviously I just peel a wig off and a hair that like judge my hair up. And he's just never surprised. So he just, a picture of Mike's face on my chest, you know, he's not, he's not phased by this at all. It's funny though, isn't it? Because I I posted a picture yesterday because Hannah and I are doing a a football manager themed sketch and I posted a picture of myself dressed as Jurgen Klopp and everybody came back and said Deirdre Barlow. (laughs) Why don't we do Deirdre Barlow and Gail Platt's Christmas? Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, I should also remind people, um, you can hear this show, if you're listening on podcast radio or if you're listening on the podcast, please, whatever platform you use, it'd be really good if you could rate us Five stars is the easiest, probably. Obviously. Just go straight to five. Um, rate us and leave a review. Apparently, that really helps with the algorithm. So <laughs> that's that done. <laughs> that's where some IT media person has said to you about the algorithm, because we have no clue. It's just one of those words. People say it helps with the algorithm. So I go, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what an algorithm Hashtag. is. Um, Mike, Carabao Cup was good last night, wasn't it? Yeah, good. Carabao good Cup was a... good on Wednesday night, wasn't it? Future good, <laughs> good in a sense, because... Um, there was some tasty, tasty action, but Spurs went through, so I can't be that happy about it. But um, yeah, Arsenal got a decent draw. They're, they're playing Liverpool. Uh, Spurs are going to play Chelsea, so uh, semi-finals are looking good. But Spurs, what what happened with Spurs, Joe? Because it was it was quite a topsy turvy game, uh, full of drama. Well, it. It wasn't actually that topsy-turvy because the first half was like brilliant if you're a neutral, which obviously I'm not. Um, to- I was saying this to Hannah off air earlier. Tottenham just looked so, so well organised and it kind of shows you what a good manager can do immediately. Sky used a stat on uh, screen pretty early that said uh, basically under Nuno, Spurs running stats were the worst in the Premier League. Under Conte, they've been the best. So that's as big a shift as you can get. And is, that, is, it, is, is that the manager or the players though? That's the manager. Honestly, you watch you watch the pressing, obviously, which Conte is really famous for. The pressing has been very, very obvious. You kind of then um, both Liverpool and West Ham. So Liverpool at the weekend and West Ham on Wednesday weren't allowed to settle on the ball. Also, that organisation, that 5-3-2, everybody clearly knew their role and their position were closing down at certain times. When it transitions into an attack, that then becomes a back three the wing-backs overlap, and then one of the midfielders turns it into a front three. So it turns into a 3-5... No, hang on, that's not right, Matt. It turns into a 3-4-3 from a 5-3-2. But I'm obviously not a football manager, Mm. but I can see that on the pitch. Like I'm watching... Do you remember the old uh, aerial view on Football Manager? Yeah. It's so, so clear. And it just shows you what a good manager with good organisation, who's got a clear tactical plan and who the players respect enough to listen to, can do football's ultimately a pretty simple game also me and my mate were slagging off Steven Bergwijn for the first 15 minutes of the game then he basically created two goals pretty much out of nothing um, yeah it's really 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 impressed again and I'm telling you Mike I'm Mike I'm so Conte it hurts like honestly yeah I mean do you know do you know one thing I do I do like Antonio Conte well obviously I don't like him now because he's Spurs manager but in you know in general I do like him but um something he was saying the other day was that Eric Dyer can be like one of the best defenders in the world and I was like mate like all right that's a bit too far do you know what? and also another unfortunately I have another Spurs mate who said to me Legend. um who said to me Eric Dyer 
is the best English defender on current form. And it's just like, all right, yeah, he might have had a decent season. I'll admit I've not watched loads of him. But this is Eric Dyer we're talking about. So I'd like everyone just to hold their horses and calm down a little bit because, you know, he will ultimately put in a few stinkers. That's a lot of love isn't it? But that is true. He is the best English defender. I think you say best English defender, which he's not, but he's the best on form. Yeah, he's had a, he was great under Nuno. He's been fantastic under Conte. And he's vocal. He does the simple things well now. Honestly, Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer, vegetable patch. He's got... Not only <laughs> does he have wholesome um, outside of football hobbies, but I guarantee <laughs> he will start for England at the next World Cup. He definitely will not start for England next World Cup. Hannah, he's going to take Harry Maguire's place in the team. Such, how can you have such contrasting views on a player? I've never slagged him off, to be fair. I've always had a real soft spot for him. I slag everyone else yeah. off, then change my mind. But you know, I've got like a real... I've got real... It's like with your kids. It's like kind of like... Your kid could be like, oh, yeah, I pushed, um, I pushed an old lady down the stairs because she was annoying me. And he's like, like, why oh. was she in the way? Why was she stood at the top step? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I feel like that about Eric Dyer. No matter what he does, it's like, oh, he ran off the pitch for a poo. It's like, yeah, but when you got to go, you got to go. It's like, oh, he fought that fan. It's like, yeah, well, he shouldn't have said things about his yeah, brother. what was the fan saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like if my, if my little boy comes home from school and he said once, he was like, oh, um, this little Johnny pushed me. And I was like, why did little he Johnny. push you? <laughs> Yeah, little Johnny pushed me down. Oh, Ma's in the playground. A little Johnny pushes me, so I gave him a smack in the chuff. Like you tell pull? me who his mother is, and I'll go and take a face off. Oh, little Johnny. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. But the first, the first question I always ask is, why did they do that? Were you doing anything you shouldn't have done? And then if if my little boy says no, I'll be like, right, why did he do that? I've actually phoned the school on one occasion before because uh, a, a little boy pushed my little boy, and he shouldn't have done. And I phoned the teacher and I had to really calmly say it to her that she needs to have a word with a six-year-old. And then I was like, oh my God. And then I should just say to my little boy, just punch him and then he won't do it again. Well, no, don't you give can't that. do that, can you? That's not well, how you it's not, it's not, That's not good advice. That's but, what my parents used to say to me. Again. They, what, they push you, push him back twice as hard. But also this is your children we're talking about, Hannah. So it's really yeah. like, it's like, he pushed me, he pushed me. Why? It's like, I was only trying to show him my willy. <laughs> if I'm, oh, my default setting is that they were doing something weird yeah. <laughs> probably the case um so mike what's made you go mm, mm, oh, this week it is i can definitely confirm from last week um to the listeners that it's much better over the internet Rather than having to face yeah. that thing. Mike, we, we both just went like this. Yeah, I know, but at least like I can either look away from the screen or I can take my headphones off, turn the volume down or something. But in person, there's there's no doing that, is there? Yeah. Can't and turn can the volume down on this. Like, Joe, this isn't like a feature that we're going to do every week, is it? It is. Because I thought the yeah. first week you did it, it was like, <laughs> oh, that's so gross. But we've actually done it for like four weeks now. <laughs> and I'm just kind of realizing you're going to do this every single week of the podcast. Hannah, I write the running order. So I put the weird stuff in it. <laughs> apart from apart from when I'd had six classes of Prosecco last week and I turned into the director, producer, I'll do everything. I oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. I did, didn't I? Also as well, um, that uh, poor radio station has got a random podcast booth with that sound in it now forever. Oh, my God, forever. Forever. So uh, in case anyone wants to enjoy that. Oh my so. God. Livid. Someone like Professor Brian Cox is going to go in and go like, this week on the science podcast and press wrong button, it's going to... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a jingle. Oh, not that one. 
Um, but what made you go? Mm. Yeah, um, unsurprisingly, oh, it's, it's um, Eddie and Ketia's hat trick goal against against Sunderland because it. W- have you seen it? Yes, I have. Yeah, it was uh, just from start to finish. Odegaard like picks up the ball in the middle of the pitch, like ridiculous through ball. Yeah, all right, we have to caveat that saying it was against Sunderland, but it was a great goal. Like Nicolas Pepe, who has been rubbish. But he was great against Sunderland. You tend to look good when you're playing against that level of opposition. But anyway, he he not made the player, uh, put it into Eddie, and Eddie like um, backheeled <laughs> it almost into the back of the net, and it was a great, great hat trick goal, and that did make make me happy. Yeah. What one with Eddie and Ketia? Because he's like he's like. <laughs> do you know, but do you know what I mean? Because he's been around for ages, isn't he? And like yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone knows how good he is, but he's not really. I and this is proof of anything. I had him um, in my Spurs team two versions of Football Manager ago, and he was banging the goals in. So he must be good. What's happened? Uh, he, he just can't get in the team essentially because there's been like two or three strikers ahead of him at every turn. He obviously went on loan to Leeds. Uh, I think he came back last year in January. Um, he got recalled on the proviso that he was going to play a bit more, but he's just not been able to get into the team. And he's a he's a great poacher, but basically take him outside of the box and like no offense, but he's <laughs> he's he's not great. So that he, I think it was some ridiculous stat. I have to look it up, but it, it's something like the average distance of his goal of his goals, like from from the actual goal, is about six yards four five yards something like that so he literally does get his goal like right right in front of it but he can't do much outside so he does need to develop that he's yeah, part of the game it's basically what raul and Filippo Inzaghi spent like 15 years doing yeah but they, they had like other attributes didn't they yeah, as well been, they were better than him <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can definitely say that. yeah um hannah what's made you go mm, oh oh mm this week <laughs> never made that noise so i read an article that brendan rogers is going to come to man united oh god here we oh, go not this right. again, yeah, no, listen, not fresh, this again a fresh article i read it this week i know why you From know speculation because you 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 two right we're banging it you two are always at the dentist what did, hold on what did you say us two were you two were banging. You two, oh, no, because you, no, you, you you two have been <laughs> you two were back. <laughs> you two have been banging on about going to the dentist. You two are always at the dentist. You're like sponsored by the dentist or something. And he had his teeth done, doesn't he? So that's how is that how you know Brendan? You read it in New Smile I can't Weekly. Tell you, I can't tell you my source. But, but you said it was an day- article. <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually no, I just read an article. I think it was a Daily Mail, to be honest. Um, there's a fresh article this week. It's not your source, Did you own DMGT? <laughs> this is true. So that was my the that made me go. Mm. Does it? Would, would you like him though? Because I, I quite like Ralph Rangnick. No, because you know I want Steve Bruce at United. Um, jokes, <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, uh, I think that's what's going to happen. And now I feel it's a, a competition because if he does come to United, you two are going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe how much we slated you and said, oh, what are you on about? You know, and you're terrible. Pretend you're so you. So you just joke. want him to be managers, just so you can stick yeah. it to us, basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah, because yeah, life is all about petty victories. <laughs> yeah, totally it actually personal. is, to be fair. Yeah, That's what is. my life's about. Go on, bring him to United. We'll see. Um, what I about think... you, Joe? I feel like we have to ask you what made you go. Thank mm. you, Hannah. Thanks for asking. Nobody ever asks me. We never do. Um, it was probably how Cancelo's uh, goal against. Who's, who's that? How Cancelo? What you say, Jao Cancelo or Juan? How? Jao, how Cancelo? How? Eddie, how Cancelo? Yeah. <laughs> how do you say Jao Eddie Cancelo? Who? Eddie who? How do you say it? I don't know, but I don't think it's that. But going on, how Cancelo? 
<laughs> I thought it was Jao Cancelo. What did I say? How? Jao Cancelo, isn't it? Jao Cancelo. Jao Cancelo. Okay, how can... Jao can oh, now I'm thinking, Mike, I'm sweating. Jao Cancelo. Just call him Cancelo. No, but it's how, isn't it? Because it's Portuguese. Oh, what, what, <laughs> how Cancelo. <laughs> you do like 10 versions Portuguese. of his name. Portuguese. Hmm. Um, but his goal, I thought, against Leeds was lovely. Leeds are absolutely cooked, aren't they, Mike? They, they're oh, appalling. man, Leeds. We absolutely tore them apart. I think... Arsenal have like struggled to score goals, and what's the remedy if you want to score goals? Play Leeds because <laughs> I think we had we recorded like the most shots on on target. I think it was like eleven or ten attempts on on target in the first half. They were just abysmal. Wow. Um, to be fair, they did have about like eleven players out injured, and there was I think it was like a fifteen year old on the bench or or something. But yeah, it was it was bad. They've had rotten luck with injuries this season. I think they had about ten first team players out or something. It, it wasn't even COVID at that stage, which is why the game... Because if they had that many, that many players out, obviously the game would have been cancelled. But it was it was the only game on Saturday last weekend that, that went ahead. Um, but yeah, like other than that, I mean, you'd think if you got all these players out, you'd think like Bielsa would like change the, the tactics or, you know, go for a bit more defensive approach. But he just went for his like gung-ho approach. And it was, it was quite embarrassing from them, to be honest, I have to say. Because I heard the argument this week that like, because obviously a lot of people defend Bielsa and I, I do, I think it's fun. That type of football is fun. But a lot of people said, oh, he's he's not lacking a plan B. It's just he still thinks his plan A will win games. But that's patently not true when firstly, mm. he's, I mean, he's done a brilliant job because they've got, they still do largely have a championship squad. It's not a very good team. And if you're coming up against teams like City, against teams like Arsenal, whoever it might be, then... You do need to do, you need to be a little bit more cautious because obviously you're not going to be able to blow teams away. But I kind of wonder, because there's a lot of chat obviously about replacing him. Could be Steve Bruce Hanna. He could be back. Um, but I just kind of wonder, is there any sense in that? Because overall, you're not going to get a better manager than Marcello Bielsa. And should you stay up, then what position are you in? Because you've then got a, a, a less accomplished manager for the start of next season. I don't know. I mean, Hannah, I know you're mm. big on keeping keeping managers. Do you think it's time to pull the trigger? Time to well, keep the bucket I, I away? I say that, but, um, you know, look at um, Spurs. Look what Conte's done and the stats that you've already mentioned already. But he's a top, top manager. And that's to be expected. Um, but, yeah, some, I do think sometimes clubs pull the trigger too early. But, I mean, if you owned a club yourself... You'd be, it's like a business arrangement, isn't it? And people get frustrated because it's treated like a business and, you know, there's loyalty behind um, and passion behind managers and the club. But realistically, when you're at the top of the, the hierarchy, if it's not working out, you can see it's not working out, the respect isn't there, you get a new manager. It's easy, like playing champ man, isn't it? It's, it's the same principle. So you just get them out, get a new one in. But I do think sometimes from our perspective of people that enjoy watching football, you kind of build relationships with the manager you build relationships with the team and, and you kind of get a bit disappointed when they leave. But ultimately, you know, it's the right decision generally nine times out of 10. Well, potentially financially for the club. Yeah, it might be yeah. absolutely necessary to keep them in the Premier League. Payouts that people, the managers keep getting. Jeez Louise. I mean, <laughs> we go to a club, sign the contract and you think, oh yeah, you want to get rid of me? Oh, I'm disappointed. Yeah. yeah. But I'll have, you know, seven and a half million, eight million. Jose Mourinho is a master of that now, isn't he? Yeah. Absolute fortune. Well, I said that before. If I if I like had received a 
payout from every TV show and radio show and <laughs> podcast and online video project I've been fired from. I'd be doing this live from the Bahamas. <laughs> um, but sadly not. I'm in my sad little flat in South London. Um, Jao Cancelo. That sounds better. Jao Cancelo. Yeah. Jao Cancelo, who's been directly involved in 10 goals for Manchester City in all competitions this season. Um, the first time a defender has reached double figures in a single season for Pep since David Alaba for that amazing Bayern team in 2013-2014. So he's absolutely... Was that his 100th game for City? And he's well. it, it's the era of the right back, isn't it? Like there's so many... Mm. You could have such a good World eleven made up of just right backs. But let's talk about the game of the weekend. Spurs 2, Liverpool 2, absolutely cracking game. Mike's obviously going to disagree because he's biased. But while Liverpool have more chances... Spurs had much better chances. Tottenham's XG was much higher for that game. So and many chances. Spurs, sh- we we should have won that game. But firstly, Hannah, what did you make of Jurgen Klopp having to go at Paul Tierney? Out of all well, of it? Do you know? Do you know one from what I read? Um, one of the statements he'd made about um, that he sh- if he'd have actually played, or if he actually was a footballer or had have played football in the past, he would have known better. I don't, I don't, I disagree sometimes with um, people in sport and I'm kind of sticking up for people like us because it's like, I wasn't a footballer. I like football. It doesn't mean you can't talk about it. So if a, a referee wasn't a professional footballer before, it doesn't mean he can't be a good referee or can't be, you know, progress on to be a manager. Um, but I thought sometimes, I, like I love Jurgen Klopp. I really do. And I really wanted him to, to manage United um, a few years back. I was like, he'd be perfect. He's amazing. I love what he's done at Liverpool. I love his passion. I love his interviews. I think he's, he's brilliant. Um, but sometimes I've started to notice, and it's only recently where he gets, he, he kind of t- tends to wind up um, other professionals around him. Did he talk um, to didn't he? And yeah, and, and and Sean, like him and Sean Dyche have that thing going on, don't they? But he's he can be quite um, very assertive, but I just think that I, I didn't really like, I felt uncomfortable watching that um, scenario. He's a bit for stuff like that. And I think he is likeable and he is funny and he's a bit nuts. So he's kind of, but I, I don't know. Amazing and teeth. Um, unbelievable. Oh, he's another one at Teeth Club. But you know, <laughs> you too, him, Brendan. Dentist. Beep, 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 um, beep. Oh, hi, Hannah. It's, oh, it's so nice to see you again. Ding, 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 ding. Um, but I kind of think like that's so conceited as well to be like, oh, if you're a footballer, you would know. No top yeah. flight referees are footballers. It's not rugby. That's not how it works. That's yeah, so yeah. conceited but to say yeah, that. Yeah, so, so patronising and just, and the problem is because of the platform that Jurgen Klopp has got, it, it just, it's embarrassing for the ref for the fact that Klopp said that. And I think that's really disrespectful and I don't think he should have said it. I mean, um, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Both Paul Tierney and the VAR had a stinker. Harry Kane should have yeah. been sent off. I've got no doubt in my mind about that. I, I really do think there's a massive element of you get a pass if you're the England captain. I don't mean you should, but I think there's an element of everyone's like, oh, it's Harry Kane. He's nice. He's clean cut. He's quite gentlemanly. He's the England captain. He wouldn't put a bad tackle in. His was worse than Andy Robertson's. He should have been sent off. That's a straight red card. Um, Robertson's was kind of, I felt, an orange. It was stupid, but it wasn't that dangerous. It was just like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. Mike, what, what did you make of it? That was that was two red cards, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, straight red for me, for, for Kane. I mean, if that's someone like Granite Xhaka, like, he's getting a 10-game ban. Like, let's, let's be honest. Like, yeah. There is an element who, of reputation that comes into yeah, it. Yeah, of course there yeah. is. When it... Ultimately, like referees have a, have a like a few seconds to make decisions, and ultimately, if you have that that bias in your subconscious of thinking, all right, this player 
is a media darling, Harry Kane, England captain, or this player, Xhaka, has been sent off like 100 times in his career, you will automatically think that. Then it's down to the VAR to double check that. And But basically VAR just sometimes just doesn't want to go against against the ref. So it, it's, ultimately it renders it useless. But um, Jurgen Klopp, I mean, how has he avoided an, an FA ban? I mean, literally... Full-time whistle goes and this guy is steaming over to, to the referee saying to yeah. him, oh, I like other referees, but I've got I've got a problem with you. But I mean, you just With can't do that. You, yeah. you can't do that like in, in the modern game. And, and like obviously his post-match comments as well, it wasn't just that, like what, what Hannah was alluding to as well. It's just like, how does he get away with it? And I, I know he's got this bit of a charm, but like he's got previous, like he's he's been like in like bust ups with like live interviews with Des Kelly for BT Sport. I remember once it was like a heated interview that went on for like five six minutes where mm. you know he was having a go at him and like basically like uh, accusing him of like being unprofessional and it's just it's just wrong. And ultimately, by the FA not punishing him, it makes him think that it's all right to keep doing this sort of stuff, and it's not so. Mm. I'm quite disappointed. Doing it. The problem with the, the VAR is just it's a lack of consistency that is is frustrating managers, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I to be honest as well, I think the problem with clock clock. <laughs> it's four o'clock, Jürgen please. Hi, um, yeah, knows that Jurgen Clock. That's our new. We can work on that character in the new year, Hannah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We'll oh. never work on that character in the new year. Um, Jürgen Klock and Andrews Tanzan. Do you remember that? Hey. <laughs> hey. Hi. It's the way you ask a question, Joe. You'll be like, hey, Mike. You still do it. It's there. I can yeah. hear it. Tanzand. Yeah. yeah. I spent a lot of time Bloody alone in like the last five or six days. I'm, I'm dangerously bored. So yeah. <laughs> I think I've sort of lost all perspective. Um, yeah, but you're happy because the Spurs, is, uh, Spurs are doing well. So that'll keep you uh, motivated. And oh, happy. thanks, Hannah. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> reminding me that I feel better. Uh, are you isolated, Joe, or you just have no friends? Well, all my friends have like disappeared, <laughs> haven't they? Um, because they don't like me anymore. Um, no, because nobody's doing anything at the moment, are they? Because it's kind of like the country sort of yeah. put itself into a self-enforced lockdown. Yeah. And that's, and I get it, that's fine. And nobody wants to have to isolate over Christmas and not be able to see their mums and stuff. But I live on my own. So there's like, I don't even have a housemate, so I am slightly losing. I've been but ma- you have a concierge and a cleaner and an ironer. <laughs> no, well, no, Agatha hasn't been around to do the cleaning. Look how disgusted you are. Why, why is she not? She Agatha. She's got, do you know what? She hasn't been around. She's had COVID. She's so selfish, well, Agatha. <laughs> this week's been really boring, you said. Yes, all right. I'm bored and I'm lonely. And the only good thing in my life is Antonio Conte. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, since 2017 uh, to 18, <laughs> <sorry>. two years, <laughs> since the season of 2017-18, when Andy Robertson joined Trent Alexander-Arnold at Liverpool, both fullbacks have recorded 40 Premier League assists apiece. Um, a tally only bettered over this period by Mohamed Salah and Kevin De Bruyne. Um, how good are they, Mike? Well, I heard Gary Neville saying that he thinks they could be the Premier League's greatest fullback duo um but then again i think you sort of get away with it because fullbacks don't really come in duos do they it's like you you probably have one good one and and it, the other one's decent but I, he was comparing it to like sort of cafu and uh roberto carlos who like dominated that that era. he wasn't yeah. comparing them but just saying you know a sort of duo two amazing fullbacks and i, I don't know actually of, yeah but well 
I threw yeah. you a little bone there. I thought you were going to no, just batted it away. Do you not like no, it? no. I mean, there they, they were different levels, weren't they? I mean, I think it's different because, like, fullbacks, as you say, like, they're, they're not Gary Neville's anymore. Like, they are, like, superstars in their own right. And I think, like, everyone was expecting Trent to, like, go on and play in midfield. But the guy has invented, like, a position of his own where he's become, like, Beckham at fullback, where he's become you know, Andrea Perlo at fullback. And it's just like, why would you want to move him when he's so effective? But yeah, the great, the absolutely great to watch. Great to watch. I did watch that though, but on, on Sunday, I did think, right. Okay. So he's there kind of creating from, yeah, you're right. It's kind of that area about 20 yards out to the right near the touchline of the 18 yard box, kind of inside the opposition half. And he's creating from there, but that does leave a massive, massive space behind the fullback. And Spurs had loads of joy running down that left side with Ryan Sessegnon, who's, we'll see, but quite a limited player. But obviously, because Conte's a good manager, it was like, we'll just hit him in there. So as much as Trent created, yeah. there is a big hole there. Um, yeah. I would like to see him played in central midfield. I think he'd But be you quite usually good. have Van Dijk and, and the like to, to, to cover up. I mean, they were without a lot of first-team players. I mean, they didn't have like any of their first-team midfielders that would usually be there to sort of operate because Liverpool play like such a specialized system it is very personnel based and that's why it took them so long to to, to reach the heights that they did without Champions League Premier League because they needed specialists like they needed Alisson the sweeper keeper they needed Van Dijk who was like the rock and they needed their fullbacks to be like their main creators um, and then they've added like sprinkles here and there but mostly you like that is their team so when you take players out and in it they don't really interchange as well um, but yeah, like Spurs, I just can't believe that they didn't win that game. The amount of chances they had, even though Allison was at fault for 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 the goal, for Son's goal. I mean, his save from Deli Alley was just out of this world, and he like no doubt kept them in that game uh, somehow. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Spurs couldn't find their shooting boots either. Hannah, you know that um, Joe that that one of the, the regular features on this show is we like to welcome Sean Dyche, the Burnley Bard on for, for yeah. a poem. Well, actually... Um, am I supposed to do a poem today? Don't ruin my build-up. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the panic on her face. Sorry. No, Sean's Rose not meant to... Are red. Sean's not meant to be doing a poem today. Okay. But a listener has been in touch. Right. With a poem of their own. Oh, Christ. Okay. <laughs> and it's about you. Are you joking? Have oh, you written something? No, it's not. Yeah. I promise. I, no, I absolutely promise. It's not me. This is a message. What's the right. name of the listener, Joe? Is this actually true? And is yes. it your mum? <laughs> no, it's a listener. No, it's definitely is not. Is it Helen? One. It's a listener called Rob. So okay. I put quite a lot of stuff out on Instagram this I week. I used to go out with somebody called Rob. Asking for... <gasps> is it a, What's his surname? <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know. This is from, okay, in, sorry, this is from Instagram. <laughs> you two just trampling all over this side. <laughs> Oh, God. Go on, then read it out. So, if it's an ex, I'm not interested. So, I don't think so. I think it's just a fan. Ah. Oh. So, well, wait till you hear it. So, <laughs> so li- listen, he sent, me, he sent me several poems. So, okay. I'm, I'm just going to read out a couple, right? <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> so am I. Rob says. <laughs> sorry, I was looking at the first line. It's so Right. Oh, right. So sorry, Rob. Um, gosh, you're a doozy. You're a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. If 
if my if I may borrow the Allied's views on Russia, what I'm trying to say is you're a welcome confusion who has blonde hair. Little Second World War reference. If we went <sighs> to Old Trafford together, we would hold hands in the stands. <laughs> we would then read the match day program. Our surroundings getting even busier. Into the stands we cram. The next thing I would do is get rid of your husband because he. <clears throat> the next thing I would do is get rid of your husband because he's an obstacle on our soon colliding paths. I don't mean that I'm a mafioso. I just mean that you and I are a go-go. <laughs> so brush aside your man of ten years. You need someone that's attentive. Any ideas? Oh wow. wait. He's right here, and guess what? He's all ears. <laughs> There's more. This can't be real. This, this is real. Be I real. promise you this is real. I'll leave you with one final stanza. This is real. This is deep. This ain't banter. <laughs> I'm a lily white, and you're a red devil. Be my character, and I'll be your Neville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Could I just my. You... oh, my God, that's the best poem I've ever heard. Like Hannah, this this is someone's a, this taking is a me up. to Old Trafford. That's all I can hear. That's this is good. a stitch up. He he knows too much information. Like he knows that Hannah's what been married they? for ten years. He nah. listens to the show. Nah. Well, I like sorry, Rob. Sorry, Rob. So just tell me tell me where to meet you, and I'll be there. I if mean, he gets me a Bovril and a burger at Old Trafford, I'm anyone's. <laughs> it's it's extraordinary. He sent me another one, but it doesn't rhyme. It's sort of just psychobabble. Well, I don't um, think that one rhymed really either. It didn't. Um, it's pretty odd. Yeah, wow. I mean, but no thank you. Ever, no thank one's you ever for written a poem for me. Apart from um, when I was at school and there was a lad that was the captain of the football team and everyone fancied him and then he asked me out for some reason. So um, he read me a poem. He was like, I want to read you a poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. I love you. And I was like, oh, is that not <laughs> is that the poem it? that you read to Harriet last week? And he was like, oh, did she tell you? I was like, yeah, she did, yeah. So we broke up. <laughs> That's the only poem everyone, anyone's ever written. Well, now you've had another one. You've not, I mean, it's sort of explaining why, why Sean Dyche's Poetry Corner is often um, a bit hit and miss in terms of the, um, oh, the, 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 the lyrical quality. Just, just because of the, the, if that's the sort of poetry you've, been, you've grown up with, you never had a yeah. chance. Yeah. <laughs> that's harsh, though. Even though it's I got an harsh. A for uh, English literature and English language at GCSE as well. <laughs> really holding on to that really? 20 yeah. years ago yeah yeah and a b at a level 30 years ago yeah but <laughs> so cheeky sorry so that cheeky. was already mean <laughs> it was mean i'm 36 but you know All when right? people say that like when you talk in the pub and they're just like a star gcc biology not a big deal it's like yeah. you're you're divorced mate you've got other things in your life <laughs> <laughs> like, you're unemployed and you're divorced <laughs> what's going on oh god well thanks oh, rob wow. rob i i appreciate that i was just i was worried it was my ex-boyfriend rob but it's not so You'd rather there, was, there was death threats in there there was insults yeah. in there there was a lot there was love yeah, in don't there kill my wow we got it all <laughs> but i'm thinking just from a purely podcast point of view it's nice that people are contributing yeah as if he's yeah, got the time to is, do that yeah. Love yeah, that. but sadly, like, obviously, we, we do like contributions, and thanks, Rob, but we are looking, generally speaking, for better. <laughs> but just, like, good. Oh, well, don't be mean. Nah, He's maybe on we'll, his own we'll, as well. We'll encourage it. No, Rob, right? right you do, yeah, do give us a five-star review, because well. we're giving your poem a five-star review. Um, right, it's time for a Christmassy feature. Okay. Ooh. So what I want to know is what do you want for Christmas for your football team. So, Mike, what do you want for Christmas for Arsenal? 
Um, can it be transfer related or is that jumping the gun? It can bit? be, no, it can be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Some people get their presence in the sales. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like a new striker, please, because Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, could well be off sometime soon, judging by this whole shenanigans with the captaincy. God knows what's going to happen. Um, and we're left with Lacazette, whose contract's out, is out in the summer. Eddie Nketiah's contract's out in the summer. Balogun is probably going to go out on loan. So effectively, Who? by the end of the season, we could be left with zero strikers. Who is the so, other one? Balogun, he's a, like a youngster. He came on the other day. Well, he started the other day, actually, against Sunderland. I thought you meant he came on the show. I, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. Balogun, um, who's he? For, uh, for Balogun, he's like one of the... One, one of the young, he actually started the first two games of the season when Aubameyang and Lacazette were out with COVID. Um, and he's, he's, not, he's not done too well, but he's very young and inexperienced, so he needs a loan. But yeah, I would like a striker, please, um, Santa. What about man like Martinelli? Man like Martinelli is more like a man, like a winger. He's not quality, a man though. like a centre forward. He's been forward. playing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's been great. Absolutely great. He's really improved, actually. He's, um, a lot of people were up in arms when Arteta wasn't playing him. But at the moment, it looks like um, the patience has, has paid off because he looks to have matured a little bit as well. He's only 20, but he was a bit erratic before. But um, he looks like a proper player. But yeah, I would, I would like a striker if uh, you can make it happen. Probably about 60, 70 million will, will get the job done to get the guy that I want, uh, which is Alexander Isak of Real oh, Sociedad. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Swedish guy. Swedish guy. He played first Sweden at Euro 2020. He yeah, can use player. both feet. He's a good finisher, a good dribbler. I think he's got the all-round package. So mm. him, please. I don't know why it's become my job to kind of be uh, Mikel Arteta's press officer. I've got a <laughs> stat for you here, Mike, because I really want you to like him. Since the closure of the summer transfer window, only Man City and Liverpool have won more Premier League points than Arsenal. Since the closure of the transfer window this season? Yes. Bit of a random time, I know. Really? But it just kind of feeds into the make the stat work because it's well, not since it... the start of the season. Oh, right. Okay. Okay, fine. Right. No, no. you you think that I hate Arteta. I don't. I just, I just think that um, there's, there's limitations. I just don't think he's going to be like the guy to lead us back to the top. I think maybe... And if you've got that niggle, Mike, it's never going to go away with the manager, is yeah, it? Yeah, like it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter what happens. I just know that Arsenal will be inconsistent under him. So I, I, I am obviously enjoying when we when we win, but you always know that there's like a heavy defeat around the corner against like a top side. So, yeah. It's the first time you've been it. in the top four at Christmas for a few years though. Yeah, but to be fair, like United have got like two games in hand... Um, I think if if United win their games in hand, they'll they'll go into fourth. So it's a bit it's a bit <laughs> iffy. Hannah, what do you want to um, what do you want Santa to get for Man United for Christmas? Immunity, immunity from COVID. I think it's really... immunity from prosecution after some of the things that've been <laughs> said. Like, what's this, what story is she going to come out with now? No, um, <laughs> it's, I, I, we've mentioned a few times about players that are missing. Whether it, we mentioned about Leeds and stuff, um, but. COVID's going to become an issue, this new variant for the rest of the season. And it's I just think it seems really unfair that it's okay for some teams to have three or four of their key players out with COVID and the, the matches are going to continue. But I don't know what your thoughts are on it um, well, with a COVID sitch. You've raised a very good point, actually, because... Thanks, Joe. Did and, you just give me a compliment? Oh and Hannah, that's not like you. So well done. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I mean, like it doesn't happen often, but when it does... <laughs> 
Um, but as, as of the official stats that came out in October, the Premier League has 68% of players double jabbed. League A has 95%, Bundesliga has 94%, 93% in La Liga and 98% in Serie A. And guess the only league in the top five leagues in Europe, which is having matches postponed, it is the Premier League. But sadly, mm. that reflects something wider in society because only about 60% of 25 to 29 year olds have been double jabbed and 63% of 30 to 34 year olds. It is basically what it boils down to is people reading conspiracy theories on Twitter rather than getting their news from reputable sources. And it's having yeah. an impact, obviously, on the NHS, obviously, on society, on all of our Christmases. But it's also having an impact on the Premier League. And if sometimes teams aren't able to field... So, example, Chelsea. Chelsea, one of the richest teams in the world. They couldn't field a full bench the other day. They had six players on a seven-man bench. That's insane. And at what point is the integrity of the competition compromised if one week a team have an outbreak and they go... So, say City or Chelsea have an outbreak and they go play Liverpool. And City, uh, Chelsea are without eight or nine first team players and Liverpool aren't. That's not fair. Yeah. So, and there is a way to stop that. The players need to get jabbed. But it, uh, at some point you've got to go, well, this is this is not a fair competition. Yeah. And because in, in Scotland, you're not allowed to go uh, into stadiums uh, as of, is it as of now or as of New Year? As of right now. Um, as it ain't now. It ain't now. It's not very good. Um, but that's like their ruling. But it's all very well saying that about spectators. But what we're forgetting is, and what I think we forgot is, players are susceptible to getting COVID as well. Um, and, mm. you know, it's like you go to a restaurant and I tried to book in to go to, sorry, I've just got to touch my shoulder. I've just seen a magpie out the window. Do you do that? Touch your shoulder. No. No. I've got, I've, got no. A mag, I've got a magpie nest at the bottom of my garden. I'm constantly like... When I'm trying to eat, um, I, I'm really hang on. I've heard Sorry. like the the morning Mr. Magpie thing. No, well, isn't it? Isn't it one for sorrow, magpie. two for joy? Three for a girl, four, four for, for a, boy. a boy. Yeah, isn't um, that the normal mag, magpie thing? Five is for a, a six for a g- seven for an apology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight for a couple's massage, Jimmy. <laughs> oh yes, Mike. <laughs> 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 Do it. Banter. Um, Yeah, anyway. So if you book to go into a restaurant, I'm going to totally go over that. Yeah. Um, If you book to go to a restaurant, uh, I tried to book one over Christmas and they were like, oh, it's not that um, we can't uh, accommodate people. We just can't cook because the chefs have all got COVID. And I'm comparing that. We can't cook this food. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't do it. So um, yeah, it's like with players. That's my my uh, my summary. It's like with players are also susceptible to getting COVID. It's not just about the spectators going. So at what point are we going to have some sort of break? Are we going to have a break in play for two weeks or or mm. what? I just I don't think it's fair that teams have got integral players out because they've got COVID and the match can still go ahead um, because it's not a, a true reflection on the results for the team. Oh. I know it's the same principle for injury, but at the moment it's a global pandemic and something I think something just needs stop, to be done. Just stop reading conspiracy theories online and get vaccinated and then we'll be able to play all our matches and people are much yeah, less but, like, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think, thought you were shouting at me then, Joe. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah, but I'm Joe, I think that. while the vaccination is obviously an integral part, I think players are still going to catch COVID whether they're vaccinated yeah. or not. Yeah. The, obviously the, the symptoms worsen if you don't have the vaccine. But I think what Hannah's saying is right. I, I can't believe that the, the Premier League um, representatives all met um, 
last week, I think, mm. or earlier this week, and decided that it would be a good idea to continue playing. Yeah. I think they should have taken like a two-week break, wait for the, the sort of Omicron variant to sort of you know die down a little bit um it, which is probably not going to do at the moment because people are still like going out because there's still no restrictions in place in the uk yeah. um and yeah it would have sort of lessened lessened the blow a little bit the players that were out with covid could have like recovered by then and then obviously yeah. once you've had it you're not like to get it again but yeah i don't know it's I, I, I don't know why they've not done it it's probably just a scheduling thing as well because for whatever reason, they're intent on not extending the season. They don't want to see it go beyond May, even though there's no yeah. summer tournament. I, I, I don't understand it. Well, it's, well, as Hannah says, it's financial because Amazon have got the Christmas games, haven't they? So, And it's a big push for Amazon. So they don't want to have to then recut a deal with Amazon or give them their money back or whatever it might be. Because that's mm. a huge, huge thing for Amazon. It's worth hundreds of millions of pounds. But couldn't, couldn't they just do their day of fixtures on a different day? But I guess it's because Amazon wants it when everybody's at home over Christmas. So they've yeah. probably got a locked-in audience. It's part but of let's, the brand. Let's be honest. Amazon have made a lot of money this year. They're not going to loot. That's just an additional revenue for Amazon. Like, did you did you do the same thing that I've done? Is um, I'm like I'm going to shop local this year, and um, I'm not going to get anything from Amazon because I want to support local businesses. And then three days ago, I was like, I have bought no Christmas presents. Go on Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> get everything. You Absolutely, can pay to get stuff yeah. wrapped and things. I'm just like, oh, I just feel so bad. Every time an Amazon parcel with like 40 meters of cardboard arrives outside my house, I'm like, oh, shouldn't have done it. But they I, don't need the money. We, you know, I take your point, but they are also a soulless multinational corporation. So they're not like, do you know what? We've had a really good year. So do whatever you like. <laughs> have a good Christmas, yeah? Thanks, Jeff. This is this is how they've got to where they are. But I just think those stats tell a story. We're having games postponed, 70% of players jabbed, 90% yeah. plus in all the other leagues. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not forget these players are humans as well. So even though Hannah's talking about just w- watching them on Boxing Day, like <laughs> they are having to go out and do that, be away from their families, plus run the risk of getting COVID as well. It, yeah, I'm sorry, Hannah. I'm not digging at you. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm actually only laughing because when you, <laughs> Joe's face, when you were like, you know, they miss their families. Obviously, I knew Joe's going to be like, they get paid three hundred. Yeah, obviously they get paid loads, Joe. But they are, they, they are like humans. <laughs> let's yeah. not, let's not forget that. Are, not all of them. <laughs> is Eric Dyer a human being? He's something, but he's special. Yeah, I don't know what he is. He's Charlie Dimmock's son. What, from no, Ground Charlie Force? Dimmick. No, Charlie Dimmock, she was a gardener. Yeah, yeah, she was on Ground Force, wasn't she? I mean, she used to have a, she never used to wear a bra and she did a gardening show. That is her. No, but the thing is, because you picked such a niche 90s celebrity. Can I, <laughs> right, just quickly to say, about half of our audience are in the US. So... If, I don't yeah, even know what to, if you yeah. live in America. I wasn't thinking smart then. How, no, but how do we contextualize? Charlie Dimmock was on a show called Ground Force where her, the host, Alan Titchmaster, and like a DIY guy called Tommy used to go and fix people's gardens. <laughs> and she was famous for never wearing a bra. That's her, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But basically, the thing is, because you pick someone so niche, I sort of paused because <laughs> I thought, oh, I didn't know she, he was Charlie Dimmock's son. <laughs> <laughs> just because he likes gardening oh right now <laughs> i see not because he looked like a, he never wears a bra either did you not get that reference that she was a gardener and um, maybe you should just cut that out because that doesn't really make sense does it <laughs> no, i'm gonna leave it in because we have to explain to an american audience who charlie dimmick is every single time hannah's like are you gonna cut that out joe's like no I'm, i thought okay. you were gonna say charlie stratton who's that because I, I was listening to a podcast involving him the other day 
Who's Joe, Charlie, Charlie Stratton, Tom Tom Thumb. Uh, he was the sort of the the, the little man uh, that the PT Barnum exposed and used horribly. Well, yes, he did, but in a way, PT Barnum did wonders for Tom Thumb. So Tom Thumb was a uh, little man. And he basically, and he used to, uh, so basically he was part of P.T. Barnum, the kind of famous, well, there's no way of putting it, what it was called in the Victorian era was a freak show. And he exploited basically people with ailments and disabilities. And Tom Thumb was um, a little person. But Tom Thumb kind of had an act where he sung and he danced. And I know this because Russell Brand talks about this once on a podcast. So Tom Thumb uh, used to perform for the aristocracy in Victorian England. And then he went to perform for Queen Victoria. And he did a little song and a dance and whatever. And Queen Victoria was like, oh, it's all right, but I'm not that jazzed. Like, I see that kind of stuff every day, yeah. And then one of her corgis came up to him and Tom Thumb started pretending to fence with said corgi. Queen Victoria loved this and then kept inviting him back. Um, Tom Thumb made his fortune, married another little person. Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. Love that. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, but it, look, let's, let's be honest. Like this is basically based on the knowledge I have from listening to a history podcast yesterday, which Joe was very happy about. Um, but he he did expose a lot of people, and oh, yeah. um, I, I I just can't believe that the the greatest showman, um, like the the depiction of him in that is like this all singing like jazz hand sort of guy. But the reality of some of the stuff he did was so dark. I can't believe that is like the interpretation that Hollywood have gone with. Yeah, he was an ex- he was basically a scumbag who exploited people with quite severe disabilities for his own financial gain. Yeah, so he's not. He wasn't. That's mad. Wasn't a very nice man. But yeah. anyway, Tom Thumb danced with a corgi. So yeah. <laughs> Every cloud. Um, something I want to mention this week as well, um, really lovely from uh, Preston North End's Izzy Brown. So um, there was a Preston fan online. You can find this actually on BBC Sports Instagram. Um, and actually you can find it on Izzy Brown's Twitter and stuff as well. Essentially, this Preston fan went onto Twitter and posted a six-part message talking about how he's incredibly lonely, he suffers with depression, how one of the things that kind of keeps him going is football and his love for Preston North End. And to maybe be deprived of that and to be deprived of uh, social interaction is something that's exacerbating his depression Mm -hmm. to the extent that he's questioning whether he wants to end his life. So a guy who's really, really having a hard time and suffering, Izzy Brown saw this, asked him to DM him, and then spoke to the gentleman on the phone who then sent a, a follow-up message just saying kind of 10-minute conversation, be it with your hero, be it with a stranger in the street. Never underestimate what little acts of kindness can do for people. And I just thought it was a wonderful, beautiful, amazing thing that exemplifies what we should all be doing. And Mike, I know you've got a soft spot for Preston North End. And yeah, it's lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Preston North End sort of my second team now because um, my girlfriend's from Preston. Lancashire. Um, never watch one of their games. Don't really want to, but I, I would dot them as my as my second team. But yeah, um, in in this scenario, I mean, the like, let's commend like both sides of this. The bravery for this guy to put that out because that's not easy for anyone to admit. You know, there's this thing with men, especially that they they they're too proud or they're worried about how they'll come across. They'll come across as soft if they talk about their feelings or their struggles. And this guy has shown that you know if you do put yourself out there and people were willing to help and you know fair play to, to to Izzy Brown because uh he didn't have to do anything um but he's reached out to this guy and uh it, it just shows you really that 
we're, we're talking about like football pausing and really football is a huge thing for a lot of people. It keeps, it keeps a lot of people going. Uh, it's sort of a thing that forms a large part of, of people's lives. So yeah, th- uh, well done to him. Uh, well done yeah. to both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah. It's okay to talk. Um, there's a section now it feels like uh, a bit, a bit of a weird segue because a section in the running order called any other business and in it is a bullet point that says Hannah's feet. Well, okay before before we talk about our feet i think as well if anybody's listening to our podcast and is feeling any remotely any negative emotions or feelings or anything send us a message any one of us or to our rosette yeah. um account because yeah like you say i mean this, we could talk on this so much and this is something that i trained in i trained to be an occupational therapist at mm. uni and specialized in mental health and i actually work um not on a, a regular basis but i do help on um Uh, on the phone so when people need some help and support then I'm one of the people that would answer the phone Um, because it's definitely something that needs to be talked about especially throughout lockdown and people that are living independently and out of routine maybe lost money jobs family members through the pandemic Um, so yeah if anybody listening right now thinks that they feel have any negative thoughts or emotions or anything reach out to us or there's so many charities out there that you can phone there's always somebody at the end of the phone yeah get in touch we're here for you um, yeah, but yes, you want to talk about my feet. Anna, what the hell is going on with your actually, feet? <laughs> it's actually not very nice. So I think my toes look like flaccid willies at the end of my feet. Which we start because you sent out of nowhere sent me a photo of your feet. No, I was no, I was at a spa. Yeah, but I didn't ask for it. It just happened. Yeah, no, I was, I was messaging you and I looked I'm at my feet. I was pictures. like, my feet not are the first so time. ugly. Like they're so ugly. They look like finger feet don't they they are my toes are long a bit like a gorilla's feet yeah yeah and you were messaging me and I I just thought wow it's like oh my feet look awful so I took a picture and I was like gosh but you know when you take a picture on whatsapp I meant to take it on my phone but I took Mm. it on whatsapp and I thought oh well Joe Joe won't care I'll send it to Joe well there's one (laughs) the the second they're just normal human feet and mine are pretty horrible because I um I actually so I, I smashed my toe on the corner of my bed when I was packing to go on Matt Cole and Stag do. Um, oh. and, ever, and the toe nail went black that week. That's like six years ago. And that toe nail's dead. And it's like, like on, it's just, you've fully damaged it. Like and it won't come off. And when I went to see the Vietnamese ladies who do my feet, they couldn't do anything with it. So that is gonna, that's on my New Year's resolutions list. <laughs> Vietnamese ladies doing your feet, concierge, ironing lady. Honestly. Jesus, he is a Honestly. modern man. Yeah, I've got a tailor as well, Philip. Have I not told you about Philip? <laughs> I've got a tailor, no. don't worry. He's in the cupboard. No, we made ever such good friends, Philip, because I went to see him and he told me a really interesting story about the Blitz. Anyway, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> but yeah, Hannah's feet, so the, your your second toe, it's kind of like, like it's kind of looking at the other guy, like, hey, what are you guys doing over there? Well, I think what I did was I tried to demonstrate. The reason the reason I think I used to be quite good at swimming um, is because I've got like webbed feet. And I think it gave me a huge advantage. Oh, Hannah, that people. is rank. Honestly, that I've got such, rank. I've got, aren't they webbed, Joe? They are webbed. I didn't notice. I was just looking at that toe that sort of look at, can see round corners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, I, sorry, Joe, and I, I would never usually say this, but I don't know why you thought this would be a good segment for the podcast. It's just. I I'm make, really sorry, but I'm, this is horrible. I make notes throughout the week about stuff I want to talk about, and it's like, oh yeah, you okay, wanted to talk about Hannah's feet. Let's do the COVID vaccination. Okay, let's do those stats on leads. Hannah sent me that photo of her feet. Let's talk about her toe. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, but Hannah, the thing didn't didn't someone ask you for like feet pics or something? Yeah, so because if was, you're saying they're that bad, surely like 
Yeah, They'd but that's when I know it's when I had shoes on though. So people used to offer to give me five hundred pounds for a pair of my shoes on when right. I was on a shopping channel like years like thirteen years ago. But I think if if I said, right, I'm gonna take my shoes off, have a look at that, they wouldn't be offering me five hundred quid. They'd want a refund if I sent my shoes yeah. and packed my toes into them. Uh, so ugly. Hopefully I never see them. Maybe. Hopefully no one listening ever sees them either. Oh, well, I think we'll, yeah. we'll be we'll happy. Put them on for Instagram. It. Um yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> about that. Just, I'll get a picture of some pretty feet, but I really exaggerated the movement, which is why they probably look worse than if they were just like flaccid. No, mine are horrible. I'm going to send you a photo of mine after this. They're, lo- they're loads worse. Mike, I bet yours are like a little pair of slippers, aren't they? I bet the hair goes all the way up to the nail. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, it is a bit of Mr. Tumner, so I'm not going to lie. Oh. Short and stubby. <laughs> Should oh. we just say, guys, can myself. we all just send each other? Photos of each other's feet after this. I feel like it'd be. No, but that's just really weird, Joe. Yeah, sorry, Mike. I really left you out there. I should have done it in the group, shouldn't I? No, no, I'm really glad, honey, you didn't. And I I almost wish I didn't bring it up now because you definitely will send them to me. Do you you have a body part you're embarrassed about, though, Mike? Do I have a body part I'm embarrassed about? Uh, Not that I'm willing to talk about on the podcast, though. Is it it little, little staff? Nah, nah. That's, that's too obvious. Yeah. There's a, there's, Embarrassed because he's there's... big. <laughs> <laughs> Hangs out the bottom of your shorts. Oh, you right? <laughs> Dragging along with me wherever I go. <laughs> when he turns around. <laughs> Sorry, but no. Do you have no? You, t- you can tell us. It's a safe space. Nah, no. I, I genuinely don't. No, I don't. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. Hannah, do you have anywhere else on your body that you're sort of ashamed of? So when I was pregnant with my second little boy, um, I was a week late. Now, my friends think I'm so weird for this and you're going to be like, what? But I used to sleep in cling film when I was pregnant. So on my stomach. So I'd get, I had a pack of cling film next to my bed and I'd put oil all over my stomach and and my boobs. And then I'd put a, a piece of cling film over my stomach so that the oil would just remain absorbed so my skin would be moist. Um, but then obviously to help me not get stretch marks. And my friends really thought it was like really funny. They're like, who sleeps in cling film? I'm like, well, it's logical, isn't it? To stop you getting stretch marks um, when you've got like a, a burn or anything and you want to keep it moist, then you'd put uh, cling, you'd put the cream on and then cling film. So in my head, I was like, put cling film on. So I did that throughout my whole first pregnancy, never got a stretch mark. Bearing in mind, my mum got really bad stretch marks. So you're susceptible, like it kind of follows suit. So um, when I was pregnant with Logan, didn't get any stretch marks up to the end. Everyone was laughing at me. And then the day that I had him, I looked at my belly button and I've got like a little... I mean, it's like, it's very, it's half a centimetre, but it's where I had my belly bar, I had my belly button pierced and it's right there. And it, it, it bothers me. I mean, I feel embarrassed by it. How did you ever sleep covered in cling film and oil for nine months? Not like months? on my head or anything, but just no, but that's on, so my, uncomfortable. on my stomach. Well, it's know, not, you get really used yeah. to it. It gets a bit itchy sometimes, but um, it's just one sheet of cling film over my pregnancy bump. Did, did, were you in bed with your husband? Yeah. What did he say? Joe, he just looks at me and thinks I'm weird. I am used to this. So he's like, oh my God. So I'd get into bed with this huge belly um, and I'd just be lathering oil all over myself. And most guys might find that attractive, but probably not when you're like, you know, you've got veiny boobs and you've got a big belly. Um, And then I'd put my cling film on. But yeah, I got one stretch mark and I felt so defeated. Well, that's, I mean, you'd have, I mean... It worked because <laughs> you only got the one. Yeah, I've only got one. I'm yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good yeah. going, right? Because Logan was one. like nine pounds. He was massive. 
So, um, yeah, but I've got this one stretch mark and I know people, mum's like, oh my God, it's my war wound for my baby. I'm like, well, I don't think that when I'm wearing my bikini on holiday. Do you know what I mean? In Mexico. Um, I mean, <laughs> temptation. Yeah, yeah, again, there's just kind of nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do this every time. But if there was if there was other females on the podcast, I think they'd be going, why would you sleep in cling film? Because that's what all my friends say. They would also think that's weird. I've never met another woman that sleeps with cling film on their pregnant tummy and oil. Yeah, but I've never, there's lots of like, I've never met other humans who've done lots of the stuff that you do, Hannah. Like you, in a, I mean this in a very affectionate way, you are yeah. mental. Weird. So, yeah. <laughs> do you not just think that like there's, Obviously, like in your in your life, there's things that you've heard, and sometimes you get surprised. And then things that Hannah tells us, it's <laughs> like no one's I've no one's I've never even thought about that. I've never thought anyone would even do that. I've never even contemplated that. Listen, oh, yeah. guys, that's what I'm here for. Hannah has the ability to like. I didn't. I thought it was pretty unshockable. Hannah has the ability to shock me on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say P.T. Barnum would love Hannah. Oh, yeah, she would be a headliner. Absolutely love Hannah. <laughs> he would take her across the world. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. What about you, Joe? What about you? What have you got that's embarrassing? It's just not as good as that. I've got, um, I've just got a mole um, called Jeremy that, so there he is. You can see. Wow, he's big. Well, don't, all right. Well, don't, <laughs> don't mole shame. Um, I'm only but, joking, it's so, only No, no, I'm not embarrassed about him, but what I used to do, because obviously it's a bit of a talking point, so when I was, like, young and I was first getting into meeting girls, is I used to, like, say to girls, like, oh, it's the source of all my power, like like Chandler's third nipple. So I used to get girls, like, in clubs and stuff to lick it, because I thought, like, that established, like, intimacy. And, okay. Yeah. Subsequently, I mean, I'm not criticising. Did, I used did to it work, films, Did so. it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some of those women... Um, well, given the stats that you told us at the Christmas party, it obviously did. That's getting cut. Um, so. <laughs> See, this, this is not a fair relationship because things Hannah says, you know, and it's like, oh, that's getting cut. Well, it's like, no, it's not because yeah. Joe's editing it. But Joe can yeah. say whatever he wants and that gets cut. Yeah, I know. So, I can't. So unfair. <laughs> I, I demand total editorial discretion. Um, there you go. Um, the modern day Victorian freak show, Rosette, for another week. Um, probably quite a uh, a good place to uh, to lose it, to leave it. <laughs> and we have lost it. Um, yeah, look, so um, Christmas coming up. Have a nice Christmas, everybody. Have a um, lovely Christmas. Thank you for, for listening this year. It's been awesome. It's been a really, really great year. Get in touch with us about absolutely anything, honestly. Um, at Rosed Pod on Instagram, Rosed Soccer on Twitter. You can find us on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. You can leave us a voice note as well. The link is in our bio. Um, you can listen to us on podcast radio, 6 p.m. on Friday nights, also repeated on mm. Saturdays and Sundays. And if you do have the time and the inclination, please do leave us a five-star review um, because that really helps with the algorithm, whatever that is. Um, Merry Christmas, Hannah. Merry Christmas and thanks to Rob for my poem. I loved it. It's made my day. There you go. Merry Christmas, Mike. Thanks, babes. Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, and we will see you for a New Year's special. Woo! Bye! <laughs> there it is! There it is. I, was, I can't finish until you do that. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.